Good morning once again. You know, today we all have our rituals. And you got up this morning, maybe this week you were thinking about, or this morning I saw one of our former high school students, college student, he came in really dressed up like, man, it's like the travel attire there. But man, you look good, and you, you put some effort and some thought into what you wanted to wear. Your colors are a little brighter today. And it might be that maybe you participated in having a little piece of candy. Did anybody have any candy today? And honestly, I did not have candy because people have not allowed me to have chocolate before I get on the stage. And, uh, but I'm going to have some this afternoon, okay? But you know, there's all these candies out, and you go to the grocery store, center aisle, you know, and all this candy and all these bunnies and everything's just, you know, in my idea of a good Easter is biting the head off a bunny. You know what I'm saying? Just something crazy about me. But there's just one candy. I do not know why they did not go bankrupt when they invented the company. It is the worst candy known to man. It is nastified. It is called you got it. Peeps. And it, wait a minute. Beth, Beth, do you like peeps? Beth, Beth, do you like peeps? Who loves them? You know what's amazing? I was in the store the other day, and I had to buy some peeps. They're nasty. They might be from last year. I don't know. But I bought them, and these are for you. You can have these peeps. Oh, Hey, can you just put your hands together? She's a cancer survivor, so we give praise. And that's going to do something to your body that chemo didn't even think about doing. Ugh. How many of you are glad I didn't give you the peeps? You know, this past year, some people came in because they hadn't been here since last year, just saying. And they said, man, you've lost some weight. Yeah, about 51 pounds. As of today, I was still 51. But here's the thing. I am... No, that's okay. I am not tempted to eat peeps. It is not even on my radar. They've been sitting on my desk and I've been going, if somebody wants to break in here and eat them, have at it. I'll go get you some more. These are gross. And you know, let me tell you something good about peeps or any other candy. Tomorrow, by Tuesday, all that stuff goes half price on sale. Just thinking, okay. So this morning, man, we're just glad that you chose. You could have you could have done any number of things. You could have gone and had a big brunch somewhere. Maybe you'll do that when you leave here or lunch. Or you could have gone to another church, but you chose to come to Ryan Road to Christ Community. We want to say thanks for being our guest today. We hope you'll come back. But you know what Easter does? Resurrection reminds you and me of one major thought. Victory. God celebrated the ultimate victory through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because on Friday, as we were in here having Good Friday, Good Friday communion reflection time, we were contemplating the death of Christ. Then we had Holy Saturday, where he was laid in the tomb. But thanks be to the God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Come on, let's put our hands together. He got up this morning. And I tell you, we've been celebrating that a long time around here, and we're grateful. But I want to tell you a little history, because somebody wants to know this, and some of you don't care, but that's okay. Since around the 16th century, they started celebrating the first Sunday following the first full moon of the first day of spring is when they would celebrate Easter. Now, I could get a lot more technical, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, people say, why is Easter not like Mother's Day or like the 4th of July? Because have you ever noticed how Easter just kind of moves? And that's the way it is. So you can Google that. Not right now. I want you to listen. I've got some important things to say. But Easter moves around. Sometimes it's March. Sometimes it's early April. This year it's really late. And you see, when it gets really late, you think, 
See, here's what people think. They think, I can plant. I was at Home Depot, and they had some flowers, and it was early April, and I'm going to plant them. You're a fool, you're a fool. My mama told me this, don't plant to after Easter. And after the last couple of days, I said, that woman has some sense. You know what I'm saying? Although it hadn't froze here, but it has in other parts right of the state. But you just want to wait. But here it is. We're on Easter. Man, we're launching this new season. I like how everything goes from brown and dead to green and alive. Some of you go, I don't. Pollen comes out. I've been sneezing. I know. I understand. And flowers. I love how God just decorates his earth with flowers and creation. And did you look at the front of the worship guide this morning? My wife took that photo a few years ago, and I think she should have won some Pulitzer Prize or some award with it. I think this is one of the prettiest pictures I've ever seen. This was a pine tree on Monticello one day when she was riding by. She caught it with her eyes. She pulled outside the road and took pictures. Did you see that the pine tree even gives glory to Jesus Christ? The cross is formed right there in creation. Is that not cool? All through, and our DNA we've learned through lumen, uh, 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 help me, what's the term? Anyway, I'll Google it later. Google Louis Giglio. He'll tell you what it is. That, that, that substance, it basically, it, it, it's the sticky part. It, it forms the cross. And, all, and even in the holoscope, when they would look at the far galaxies, they would see the cross. God has been hiding the cross out for a long time. And the cross is God's actual sign that points us to God. Amen? And that's what we're looking at this morning. Just this wonderful Easter celebration full of hope. But, you know, I've been around here a long time preaching Easter messages, but I'm going to come for a, a section that I've never done. And that's a little hard when it's your 23rd Easter season. Can't believe 23 years ago we opened those doors at AUM, and here we are almost a quarter of a century later. People are gathering in the name of Jesus. They're coming because somebody invited you to come. Somebody promised you lunch today. Somebody promised you they would go on a date with you if you would come to church today. Your mama said, I will give you an inheritance if you come to church. You said, okay, mama. I don't know what it was. I don't really care why you got here. We're just glad you're here. But I want to give you some words that I think are helpful from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. The, the first installment is going to be from the New Living Translation, and then I'll do it from the NIV, and you'll see why. Let's look here on the screen. Woo, look at that. I like color. Anybody figure that out? Just like color, and I want these words to pop. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great, what? Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me stop. When you see a word in red, I want you to shout it out, okay? Okay. It is by His great that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great and we have a priceless an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is? A little bit louder, you get a little weaker. And God is? By his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly Oh, good. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Now, this is a section you probably look at the Gospels. I know I do. I was reading... John 20 this morning in my personal devotions. You read Corinthians and you read all those great passages of Scripture. But I wanted you to look at this passage from the Apostle Peter this morning. And then I'm just going to run through this, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 6. It says it a little different in the New International Version. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into, here it is, here it is, living hope. 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that you can never perish or never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Now, I set all that up because I wanted God's Word to come to you because, see, I can speak today and we can sing great songs and we can see great videos and we can see our friends and we can get our pictures made and we do all these things. But at the end of the day, There is one thing that has incredible power, and it is God's Word. And church said, God's Word has penetrating, compelling, convicting power for you and me. I know it's true for me, but i I got a question today. Is there any hope? That's a question people ask all the time. In my decades of being a pastor, I've walked with people through various stages of life, but the most sad, helpless, hopeless situations are the ones that have chosen to take their own lives because they grew hopeless. I talk to people almost every month that they've grown hopeless in their situation. They feel like God has bailed on them. God has given out on them. Something has not happened for them the way they thought God should have done it for them. They've just lost their hope. Just this week, as Doug alluded to, with that beautiful Focus there of the cathedral with the cross. The only thing that stood amongst the rubble and the ashes was the cross. Just this morning, I was in the study early praying for you and for our service. And when I came through the room, Donna says, I've, I've saved this for you. You need to see this before you go to church. Sri Lanka, 207 dead and maybe more this morning. Three churches, hotels, some radical groups have taken the lives of innocent people. It seems like we have a world that's out of control. But thanks be to God who puts things in order. Thanks be to God who sustains and holds all things together in His hands. Amen? Politicians. Do you know any politicians? I talked to one yesterday. He's a good friend. He goes to church here. He's a city councilman, Glenn Pruitt. Glenn, did you make it in? Okay, we need to pray for him. He's probably doing 90 miles an hour right now going to Birmingham. Courtney has been fighting cancer for one year, the 23rd. It's been a year. Things have been up and down and tough, and sometimes I've grown a little hopeless. But yesterday, yesterday when we talked, he was more hope-filled than I've heard him in a long time. You could hear it in his voice. Matter of fact, the boy was so crazy. He goes, you know what I'm doing tomorrow? We raised $4,600 the other day at the car wash a few weeks ago. And you know what, Courtney's idea, it was to buy food for everybody on the eighth floor that their families are struggling with sick people. I thought, wow. And today, Glenn says, I'm going to be at Easter Bunny at UAB. I said, you'll be a good Easter Bunny. He said, I might show up at church. I thought, oh, God, help him. Don't scare the kids, okay? But he went up there today. But yesterday, as he shared a report with me, the chemo and the regimen, all those things haven't been working and immune therapy, and the backpack, and the things she's going through right now. And right now, they seem to be having some blasts that are attacking the leukemia cells. And some things seem to be looking a little better. And there's a little more strength and a little more hope in her life. Would you pray for Courtney? Would you do that, church? Because we serve a God that's powerful. But politicians promise hope. Doctors promise hope. Preachers, we talk about hope. Everybody longs for hope. They long for things to get better. 
And sometimes they don't in this life, but I will assure you, I am persuaded that they all come out good in Jesus Christ. I heard a story, I read this story, I loved it. Now, I believe in positive thinking and being optimistic. It's not my faith. I'm not that crazy, but it is good. But I heard about an 87-year-old woman who went to a bl- she went on a blind date with a 93-year-old man. Now, that's faith. She was blindly optimistic. When she got back home, her daughter asked her, How did it go, Mom? She said, It was terrible. Terrible. Said, I had to slap the man three times. Says, Mama, you slapped him. Was he trying to get fresh? What was going on? She says, No, honey. I thought the man was dead. <laughs> and that's blind optimism. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't get it. Well, just ask somebody that laughed. They got it. Okay. But there's hope. And this is a hope that's not built on some earthly relationship. This is a hope that's built on the person of Christ. The Webster Dictionary says that hope is an expectation of obtainment to expect something, listen, to expect something with confidence, to have trust. Somewhere in your worship guide, write that down. I want to, ha- I want to expect, I want to have confidence, I want to have trust. And that's what we're believing this morning in the resurrection of Christ. Hope is both a verb and it is a noun. It, it is powerful. It's something that happens within our hearts. The, uh, the Apostle Peter says, but this hope that we read is a living hope. Contrast that to a dead hope. If Jesus Christ had not gotten up, had Jesus Christ not risen from the dead, we would not have gathered today Maybe some have said 1.82 billion people maybe on the planet will somehow gather today to lift the name of Jesus. Is that pretty cool, church? But it's a living hope. It's because he lives forever. He conquered death. And you say, well, I already knew that. Well, good. But this New Testament idea of hope is much more than wishful thinking, positive thinking, optimism. It's a matter of complete confidence in christ alone that jesus is exactly who he said he was that he did get up the writers in the new testament were incredibly hopeful they're very helpful to us this morning as we see words penned for us in Hebrews 6.11, it says, We desire each one of you to show that same earnestness in realizing the full assurance of hope to the end. To endure to the end, to, to believe Christ, to not have a dead hope, but to have a living hope. A life-filled, blessed hope in Christ. He's the only one that we can trust. He's the only one that we can hold on to. He's the only one that we can completely believe. I don't know about you. Do you believe politicians? Don't say it out loud. Because, I mean, you know, they're just like, you know, so many of them just lie. And they smile at you. And they lie to your face. Hypocrisy and wrong and just all the craziness and the chaos of our world. But here, Christian hope is strong confidence in God's ability, in God's power to produce that which he has promised in his son that he would provide a perfect atonement perfect sacrifice ultimate expression of his love through his son jesus at the cross on friday 
But I'm so glad that the story doesn't end there. You know, we have to celebrate the whole Lenten season. We celebrate Holy Week and the passion of the Christ. But you've, you have to appreciate that to appreciate the day in its fullness of the reality that it is. But then when you finally get to resurrection, when you finally get to resurrection day, you get to rejoice, you get to sing, and you get to praise, you get to do the things that we've done for 2,000 years. This blessed living hope has embraced believers that would put their faith unreservedly in Jesus Christ. And I go, thank you, Jesus. You have rescued us from the dominion of darkness. You have transferred us into the kingdom of light in whom you love, in Jesus Christ, when we place our faith only in him. And the church said, that's a good place to say a big amen. A living hope. Peter, he calls this gospel here that I'm reading, he calls this the gospel of hope. Write that in your notes. First Peter, it's the gospel of hope. It's the hope for our lives that we need this morning. It's that gospel that carries us forward. 30 years after the death and the resurrection of Christ, we find ourselves finding 1 Peter being penned, being written to the persecuted Christians at Asia Minor. And because they were being threatened in their faith, things were hard, they were discouraged, they were displaced. It was a very dangerous community. And yet... Peter writes through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about the power and the passion of Jesus. And he's the one that we celebrate. This living hope, the resurrection from the dead, based on the resurrected Christ. I probably cannot say that word enough today. Resurrection. Resurrection power. Resurrection living. Resurrection hope. Resurrection transformation resurrection man we have a god that is alive that lives and reigns and rules from on high majestic splendor majestic is his name in all the earth some of you've been here a while you got it somebody just looked at me like man i think he's gonna blow a blow a order i think he's gonna I think his order is gonna burst if he gets a little more excited about it we used to have a worship pastor here we used to sing a song called days of elijah that dates us a little bit. But anyway, it was a great song. And our worship pastor would stand up here on this stage and he would go to Days Elijah and he would hit this one note. And I promise you, every artery in that body stood to attention. <laughs> and he was a young man. I kept waiting. One day, we're going to carry you out, bro, because you're going to blow out on that one. I love it. I love that he didn't blow out. I mean, that, that, that's a good thing. Here we go. Listen, we celebrate Christ. He is risen. Doug knows it. Let's do it again. He is risen. All right, well, all right, this time now you know the answer. Let's do it together. He is risen. Sounds good. Sounds like authoritative. You're like, no, you, you bribed me. I know. See, some of you learned a long time ago, if you work with me, you get out and go to lunch sooner. I don't know about you. I'm kind of excited about lunch today. How about you? Okay. Get back to the text, Keith. Here we go. The Scripture talks about two days. One, it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Man, what a great day to be glad. Beautiful resurrection day. But then there's another one. It says, and in that day, in that day, we will see the Christ. We will see Christ as he is. 2 Timothy 1.12. I love this passage. Write it down. 2 Timothy 1.12. 
I know in whom I believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Because he, he, Christ, Jesus, he is able. You and I are not able because he holds the keys to life and death and the resurrection and we put our confidence in him. We set our affections on things above, not below on the things of the kingdom of Christ. We remember the, the writers, the, the gospel, the, the disciples, eyewitnesses to so many of the miracles of Jesus and the resurrection. They gave exaltation, they gave praise. You read First Peter in the fullness of the context, you begin to see a doxology. Basically, it just means a praise, a praise to God, an inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, perfect, blameless. That is our Christ, that is our Savior a miracle promising God. And because of what He has done, we have eternal gratitude in our hearts for resurrection. You see, it's because of the resurrection someone can die and we have hope knowing that we shall not see them for the last time if they have died and fully trusted in Christ. That we shall live, yet we believe, then we know we shall live because He lives forevermore. To intercede, that means to pray. Right this morning, Jesus is praying for me. He's praying for you. He's interceding to the Father. He's our advocate. He's our friend. And some of you came in here today, man, life is good. And man, we are glad for you. It is sunshine and daffodils and amaryllis and life is happy. And man, things are going good. But then some of you came in here. And life ain't so good. Close to bankruptcy. You're close to, you got a bad health report. Although, praise God, Gloria is now cancer-free as of the other day. Hallelujah. Amen. And if she decided that's so good, she's going to have some more surgery in the morning. She's having some colon surgery, so y'all pray for her. She said, I'm cancer-free, just got to get my colon checked up now. But pray for her. Every time I go see her, I get blessed. I get encouraged. I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to bring a word of hope and cheerfulness and joy. Only thing I can bring it, I bring her a milkshake and it makes her smile. That's it. <laughs> Amen. You got another one coming. Okay. I, I won't bring you any peeps, okay? Do you, do you want peeps? No, no. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. But I would, I would buy a case for you. Okay. But you know what? She trusts. So life has been hard for her this year. It's been hard for you. Debbie Will, she walked in here a few weeks ago with a brand new liver. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a lot of hope in this room. There's some miracles. Some marriages have been reconciled. Some lives have been transformed. And there's some other people going, oh, I want to be in that row. Which row do you want to be in? The one everything's going good or one of people sick? It's life. But we got hope. It's the hope because of Christ. In a stormy day, your child's sick, you're hurting, you're on the edge emotionally. You ever been there? Yeah. That's why we need hope. You can't live without hope. Now, you can live without water a little while. You can live without food 40 days. But some have said you can't live five minutes without hope. You've got to have hope. And today, if you came in here without eternal hope, I pray at the end of this service, you will seriously consider the claims of Jesus Christ that said, I am the resurrection and the life. And I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, nobody comes to the Father but by me, Jesus we got the answer. We want to share that. It's like we got the secret sauce, and we're going to share the sauce with you. 
You ever been to somebody's house and you ate something really good? You go, man, that, that, was, that was delicious. Could I have your recipe? You go, nope. And they go, have to kill you. Oh, that's okay. When I die, maybe you can get it then. You ever notice that sometimes when people die and they go over and go, hey, you got grandma's recipe? Yeah, she gave it to me, but I got to die and then maybe somebody else can get it. You know, you got this pecking order. Like, well, whatever. Well, you know what? I'm going to share with you. It's better than any recipe your mama, your grandmama, or whoever's going to cook. It's a recipe of eternal life in Jesus Christ. And it's for us. It's for the receiving, for the trusting. So here's a thought. Let's just fill in a few blanks. I, I don't know why I put blanks on here today. I'm so fired up about resurrection. We're staying at 2 o'clock, so don't worry about it. It's all good. Somebody said, golly, I got tricked. I went to that church, and that preacher was so verbose, so long-winded, and he didn't give me no peeps. Okay, here we go. Bring them in, friends. No, no, here we go. Here. When you lose hope, write it down. You start dying. You do. When you lose hope, you start dying. Look at the second one. We need hope to invade our past and our present. See, I need to be a hope-filled person, and so do you. And the hope is produced by the Holy Spirit. Hope is through Jesus Christ. And I need Christ. His hope to touch my past because my past is, is guilt, shame, feel. My, my past is stained, but it's covered by the blood of Christ. But yet, I need Christ to invade the now, the present. How many of you need Christ to invade your present today? 30 of you? Really? You got hundreds in here? Like, all right, how many of you need Christ to invade your present now? I told you if you answer me the first time, we'll go home sooner. Okay. Somebody just said, I just want to stay. Somebody said, I'm going to hold up two hands next time. I don't want a preacher to know. Hope. Here it is. Fill in this blank. This is a great one. Hope is the sure and confident expectation that future is in our hands. Remember we read that from one of the translations today, that it's expectation. That's what hope is. It's expectation in this living hope in Jesus. Lord, we trust you. You gave hope. You gave a promise. Lord, when I am broken, you are hope. When I am hurting, you are hope. When I am dying, you are hope. When I am living, you are hope. Jesus, you're the hope of the world. Everybody's like, well, what do we need? We need a Savior. We need Christ. Oh, you're saying, well, Pastor, I, I could use a little money. Okay, you need some money. Pastor, I, I need some help. I suppose we do. We need our help. Pastor, I, I need a ride. Okay, you, you need a ride. Pastor, I need some turnip greens. Well, invite me over. I like them too. Pastor, I need this. You need, I, 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 you need something. But let me tell you what you really need. You need hope. And he's here. He is here. He's in this service. He's in our midst. He's in our presence. We've gathered in the name of Jesus. And he's here for the taking, for the receiving, for us to begin again. I love that about Christ. Confident that we can trust him. A certain confidence, a certain assurance, a certain confidence that I can be assured that my sins are forgiven, that I can go to heaven when I die if I put my trust and faith and confidence completely and embrace the Christ, the living Savior. Then I have forgiveness. Then I have eternal joy with Him, one with Him the Scripture says you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession. All through Peter, you just see this, this praise that he gives. And this morning, we've come in, our worship team has led us in some incredible songs of worship. And we even have some more music at the end of the service. It's not over yet. We still have a reason to celebrate. But a living hope requires a living faith. 
Listen to that again. A living hope requires living faith. Christ, you are living, alive, conqueror, dominator. You are Lord. You're the dawn of this hope. The Scripture says, in Christ we are born again into this living hope with great expectation. You know, that's a term that doesn't seem to be near as popular as it was in the 70s or 80s, born again. A lot of people, ah, that's too religious. Well, i got to tell you guys, I've read the Bible several times. I've studied it for 40-something years. And Jesus is big on the born-again term. One time, he met Nick at night. You see, you think Nick at night comes on your cable television. There was a guy named Nicodemus. And he went to Nick. Nick was a religious leader. He said, Nick, Nick. You need to be born again. Oh, man, born again? I'm not going to do that. Man, I enter my mom's womb. What? I mean, I'm a grown man. How can I be born again? He says, no, no, you need spiritual birth, boy. Now, that's loose Greek right there, okay? But you need to be born from above. And this morning, it could be that some folks in here need to be born again, and that's beautiful. This is a spiritual OB room, okay? We've, we've seen many over the years come to Christ. I cannot think of a greater day to see people come to place their trust completely in the living Christ today. Amen. So, Lord, we, we trust you. We, look to you. we want to experience breakthrough. We want to experience life and light over darkness. Lord, we want you to dawn on us. We want to know that Easter is for every day. Easter is for everyone. How many believe that today? Easter is for you. Easter is for me. Easter is to experience the presence of Christ. I was once a nobody, but now I'm somebody in Christ. I've brought, been brought near through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. God finds me acceptable now in His Son that died for me and for you. God has always loved me. God is for me, but God cannot look on my sin unless it's covered. It's a whole tabernacle theology where they went to the tabernacle and they had in the Holy of Holies, they had the mercy seat where the priest would sprinkle the blood and it would atone for their sin, but it only would last for a little bit of time. But then Jesus comes on the scene and he says, and once and for all, I will make atonement for your sin that you never have to atone for your sin together again, that your sins will be forgiven because of the blood of my son that is perfect, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then Christ dies shedding his blood and then god raises him through the resurrection and then we have living you do not want to go to lunch i tell you what i'm gonna get me a twinkie we're gonna be here a while no somebody was hoping i was gonna pull some more peeps out you ain't got to worry about that I ain't wasting calories on them things. Okay, here we go. Let's keep going. You know what I'm afraid of? I'm preaching my guts out. I mean, excuse me. I'm preaching out my intestinal fortitude today. And somebody's going to go, what did you preach, you preach on today? Peeps. I did not. I don't even know what you're talking about. You told a story. Peter. Let's go back to Peter. Peter is the one that denied this Jesus. And we find him later boldly proclaiming that this is the Christ, the resurrected Christ. And it shows me that God can take me and you and our mistakes and our missteps and our mishaps. And he can redeem them. And God can take you wherever you are. There's nothing too great for Jesus. Look at this. Fill in this last blank. Hope is alive in the person of Christ. I've tried to 
hammer that today. I've tried to proclaim that with everything that God would give me to let you know that He is here. And Jesus does not want a guest room in your heart, in your house. He wants the front room. He wants every room. He wants every closet. He wants to move in. He wants to fill you today with His life and His dynamic presence because He is the living Christ. Easter because of a resurrection. Easter gives us a new identity. Hope that gives us life. Hope doesn't somehow put me in a waiting chair waiting for the second coming. Hope puts me in a position to trust today because I'm alive now. Look at the person next to you. Are they alive? I hope so. If they're not, slap them three times. No, oh, that was my, that was my illustration. Sorry, don't slap them. Don't, don't. Golly, I, I shouldn't say stuff like that. Somebody, I'm glad kids aren't in here right now. They'd be like, Dad, the preacher said slap them? I did not. I didn't mean it like that. Okay. A fulfilling, you know, you know what I've learned? It's easy to fill your life with stuff. I certainly can. I can fill my life with events. I can fill my life with activity. I can fill my calendar. I can fill my life with career. I can fill it, fill it, fill it. But here's what I want you to listen. Listen carefully. You can fill your life, but I got a better, a better question. Is it fulfilling? You can fill your life with degrees and education and friends and relationships and kids and just name anything out there. But at the end of the day, is it a fulfilling, purpose-filled life? And that comes in the person of Jesus. It comes in the hope of Christ. To know Him is to experience Him. I, I want you to, to look at it this way. Hope is alive. Look at this quick video with me. five minutes God move save souls
Yeah, as you see that powerful video, I found it several weeks ago and I've watched it over and over. The words are so impactful. I'm sure there's a line in there or something you caught that probably spoke to your spirit today. But this hope that I've been preaching about today, this living hope, requires a life-changing commitment of all of yourself to Jesus. I put you a little box. So if you turn up the lights just for a moment, and then we go back to worship, you can cut them back down. But I want you to see this. I want you to fill it in, because somebody will ask me, Pastor, you did not fill out the three blanks in the box. All right, so here they are. And, and in a minute, it wouldn't be a big deal, because I'd tell you how to find the answers. But number one, believe that Jesus is who he said he was. C.S. Lewis says that Christianity, if it is false, is it of no importance. And if it is true, it is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. This gospel will literally save your soul. This gospel will sustain you for this life and the life to come. And because of this glorious gospel in Jesus Christ, we have a blessed hope. So here it is, fill it in. Believe that Jesus is who he said he was. The scripture simply says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and believe him in your heart that he was, he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. That's the word of God. I didn't say that. God said that. Secondly, personally receive this hope that he gives. This Jesus that I'm lifting high, you need to receive him for yourself personally and ask him to be the Lord, the giver, the forgiver of your life. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Christ, and for the forgiveness of sins, and as you, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then the last thing, I want to say this quickly. So we believe, we receive, then we become. Become the person you were created to become. It's who God created us to know Him. To, he created us with the capacity to hunger and to long and to yearn to know and become like Him. And we search and we seek the meaning of life. And finally, when we surrender and we come to the end of ourselves and we find that life is in hope, life is in the living hope, life is in Jesus, we become who God called us to be. This is one of my favorite passages from the Gospel of John. It's the first chapter, the 12th verse. To all who did receive him, to all, to all of you and me that received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the very right to become the children of God. So this morning, as clear as I've ever proclaimed the gospel of grace, will you receive this Christ? Will you receive Jesus Christ? Are you worn out today? Are you burned out on religion today? Do you need rest today? Do you need forgiveness today? Do you need peace today? You go, yeah, man, I need all those. Then consider receiving this Jesus. He is here, the hope of eternal life. It says, by His great mercy that we have been born again, and now we live with great expectation that we have a priceless inheritance that's kept in heaven. Can you say that you have that inheritance? Because the day you've heard that God is for you, God loves you. There, there's a thought that I want to come up on the screen. The next one. 
give in to God today. Give up. Just give in. But don't give up. God, today at Ryan Road, I want to surrender. I am compelled to walk out of here different than how I came in. We have been praying all week for you. Yesterday, we had a team that assembled in this room. We prayed for every chair, and we prayed that you would come. And we are grateful today that God filled our house with your presence, with your life. But right now, of what God has done in Christ through the cross and through the resurrection, I pray that you would go, Christ is for me. I want to give in to Him today. I want to surrender to God so I'm going to ask you this morning, would everybody be real still and bow your heads with me and close your eyes and open your heart? Would you consider receiving Jesus Christ into your life that somehow you have felt hopeless without Him that you've maybe never trusted this living hope or you've walked away from this person of hope? I'm going to invite you to do this. This is a, a simple prayer but something like this in your heart, if, if you're open to this, today, if you feel compelled, I, I feel like that God is drawing people to Himself today. You feel a nudge. That's called conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's just big churchy words, but here's what it means. It could be that God has got you here just for this point right now, that He is prompting you. He is pushing you. He is speaking to you. Listen to Him. Let Him love you today. Would you open your heart now and pray a prayer kind of like this? Lord Jesus, I thank you for a beautiful Sunday morning and for a friend that invited me to this service. And today, I've heard it with my heart, not just with my ears. And I want to repent. That just means I want to turn from myself and from my sin to you. I want to receive you today, Jesus Christ. Jesus, I need a forgiver in my life. I ask you, Jesus, would you forgive my sin? And there are many. I'm addicted. I'm messed up. I've missed the mark. God, would you forgive my sin? And I want to trust you this morning in the finished work at the cross. I want to trust in what you've done for me. Jesus, would you come and invade my life? I want to receive you this morning by faith as Savior and Lord. Lord, I want you to make me yours. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. I give you my heart completely. I surrender. But I don't give up. I want to walk out of here new and with hope. With every head still bowed. I believe that some people just prayed that prayer or something like that. You just transacted with a holy God. Would you raise your hands signifying a declaration of faith today? Would you raise those hands? If you just made a hallelujah, God bless, raise them high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for six or seven right there that just made a declaration. God, don't ever let them be the same. Let them walk out of here more in love with you, Jesus. You are Lord.